Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. This is so nice to be in person and recording, especially on the Day of the Dog series. All right, should we get into it? Yes, Roberta. This was a grand plan. Yes. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And a few reminders before we dive in. The housekeeping, of course. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. You can shop our merch, shop.royallyobsessed.com. Email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. We want to hear your docuseries thoughts, takeaways, everything. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm so happy to be in the room with you. I am so, so thrilled. We are together at Hudson Yards. This is how life would have been if the pandemic hadn't happened. I also think we should just mention this was a genius plan. I'm complimenting ourselves to shift the day, you know, the time. We usually release the episode first thing. You guys have it right out of the gate on Thursdays, but we had to delay. Actually, I can't even take credit for this. We can't because it was our producer's idea. We crammed, crammed, crammed the first three episodes in this morning. It came out at 3 a.m. Of course, you guys all know. And so we're here to talk about it, but there's a lot of other royal news going on. So let's get into what we're going to be going It's kind of hard to talk about the other stuff first, but we have a lot we're very excited about. So anyways, we are going to be talking about the docuseries, the diplomatic reception in this week's episode, Megan's of hope dress. I know Harry was there too, but the dress seems to be what caught my attention, what we are very excited about so much more. The Royal Train Tour, we're flashing back to that. There is a coronation countdown. Yes, that is on the horizon and a Christmas concert update. So like we said, there's a lot, Roberta. And for all that and the docuseries, we need a very strong drink today. And in person, we are cheersing. And now it's time for the weekly Royal Cocktail. Again, with the pale rosé. Like blink a little bit yes. here or something. <laughs> this was our beverage of choice at our event that was in Boston, our Toast to Earth shot. And I just, I can't get enough of the label. I'm staring at it right now. And it is the pink and the cream color and all these fancy people, the flappers having wine. I feel like it gets me in such a festive spirit. It is such an incredible wine. Have the holidays really hit for you yet before we get into anything? I mean, I do have a day off this week, which is kind of shocking to me. I don't believe it. I I won't believe it till I see it, but I feel like I'm planning to run around to a lot of Christmas markets in New York City. I need to get in gear for holiday shopping and all of that stuff. How about you? My credit card is literally on fire because I have (laughs) used it so much online the past two days. Like I tried to just do it all in two big blitzes of Christmas shopping. And I feel like I'm finally at a place where I'm like, <sighs> thing, take a breath. things will arrive and be shipped in time. That's what I'm most worried about because everything is mostly online. I need to do local shopping more. That's what I'm going to do on my day off. Cause I good. think that was something when I went to Paris, I was really, really missing that I don't take advantage of that in an equally cosmopolitan city like New York yeah. going into all the little 
boutiques and there's so many things you just don't find online so that's what I'm excited about for my day off I go home to Florida soon and I I hopefully will do a lot of like shop small local stuff can I just quickly say how funny it is for people walking by this conference room and we're like boozing at 11 a.m but it is (laughs) it is the right time and now we are ready to begin well we finally recovered from earth shot although I feel like I'm still just like did that even happen it's been a whirlwind oh it was so wonderful though and to see you again after a few short days feels like so much time has gone by and we need to catch up on everything it's going to be the new normal Roberta But first, our listener email from Janet, she wrote in, she said, Hi, ladies, I love your podcast and all things royal. I've been a fan for many years. I was very saddened when Harry chose to leave life as a royal. I always love the bond between the brothers, Diana's boys, these days and how I hope I am wrong. It seems as though the Sussex brand is how much destruction they can cause his family. I think it's all very sad. None of us would want our family business spread in public. Why can't it be done in private? I guess that doesn't sell books, docuseries, etc. Harry and Meghan even released new content when William and Catherine came to America. It's all so very sad, and I can't help think, but Diana would be heartbroken to see what has happened with her boys. I felt kind of the same in a sense that the timing of the trailer release really bookended the Boston trip so much and felt so strategic in a way that Netflix knew what they were doing, at least. Um, If Harry and Meghan had control over that, who knows? They most likely did. But it does. But I wanted to watch the episodes and then have a takeaway. And so I think that's what you and I did this morning. And so we'll get into that in a little bit. I know. I was going to say, I think, you know, a response to that note as well is when I really examine my reactions, it's not really about casting blame on the Sussexes or the Waleses in any direction. I think for me, I'm just more wanting William and Harry to be okay. And so anything that kind of feels fundamentally like it's steering the ship away from that really upsets me. But I know that that's not my you know, it's an opinion that I'm casting on them, but it's their family. Anything that feels like permanently scorched earth is what really hurts because you think there's just no way back. There's just no way back. And I think you and I are really optimistic people and we just hope there always is. But history, before we get into it, (laughs) royal history. I love royal history. This week in royal history. And this is also, I think, very Christmassy because it is very fun to reflect back on this moment. The Royal Train Tour, which kicked off on December 6, 2020, Remember this, Roberta, watching the footage, Kate and William were in masks. It was a really big deal that they hopped on the Royal Train, which is hardly ever used, and covered 1,250 miles going from England to Wales to Scotland just to spread honestly, holiday cheer at a time where we were really, really struggling. The UK was still very much going in and out of lockdowns. You know, their goal was to thank frontline workers. And of course, there was a lot of backlash over this choice because for many, travel was restricted. Hindsight for me, watching the footage, I do think that the mission was accomplished because there was so much royal cheer that was spread. I remember being so lifted up by seeing Kate's fashion, all the holiday coats. She had Alexander McQueen, Catherine Walker, that tartan scarf. Um, We saw the reindeer, which I don't know if I remember this from the time, but Chaz, Checkers, and Eccle, which Kensington Palace brought specifically for the kids. Uh, there is, you know, the kids. Wait, what's Chaz, Checkers, and Echo? Oh, those are their names. Oh, the reindeer. <laughs> Wait, I wonder if those are the same reindeer Camilla was posing with this week. Oh, I know. Uh, are they just royal reindeer that I just like so. are in the arsenal on, on a call sheet? Yeah. Like they just get. Chaz, we're ready for you. (laughs) Um, There were, you know, singing, kids wearing reindeer antlers, all of that stuff. And we, I just remember also the mask moment, the Amaya masks. Remember what a frenzy that caused? We all were ordering those. Um, I think in general, it just, as someone that 
recently breezed through Ted Lasso again in their Christmas episode. It had that vibe for me, Roberta. I, I was know just going to ask you, Ted Lasso do you get, yo, totally. Do you get Polar Express vibes from this? Because I, I want to imagine that the Royal Train is exactly that. And it's some amazing conductor like Tom Hanks singing through the aisle. I know. Well, you know what's funny? Because I know you said at Earthshot when you were inside that there was a moment when, was it Haley that started dancing? Yes. Right. Chloe and Haley Bailey, yes. When who was performing? When Ellie Golding. Ellie Golding was it singing. It was so good. And to see their, like, them just getting up just to dance. We thought they were all leaving early, which was kind of a weird thing. And then, yeah, the, them dancing and having the best time when it was a very formal ceremony. For and Kate and Williams stayed in their seats yeah. very. But at, in this footage, if you go back and watch a lot of the raw footage from the train tour, they're at one of the stations and there is some holiday music going on and Kate can't control herself. She's like up on this platform. There must have been a royal journalist behind her. I mean, there obviously was a royal. Someone captured yeah. it. And she's like dancing. She can't control her joy. And I think it's fun to see those little moments. Happen. Or like when they shot snow out at them at that one. Yes. That's just like, I feel like the the most wonderful pictures around this time of the royals are Kate and William enjoying the holidays. And all like, I want is yeah. tartan yeah, in my wardrobe. Exactly. I did want to mention that this train tour, of course, culminated at Windsor Castle where we saw the queen. And it was such a big deal because they were all socially distanced outside. You had Kate and William. Right. The queen in the center in her beautiful red coat, Charles and Camilla, Edward and Sophie. And it really was a big deal. They announced that they were all having solo Christmases. The queen would be with Philip. and But just to see them all together after all of us were at home by ourselves, yeah. I think, was a kind of uplifting moment. Do you remember? Were they wearing masks or not? They weren't. But they, they were, were outside. They were socially distanced. They were outside, distanced. right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, flashback. Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I need a deep breath, Roberta. Big I'm breath. Not no, ready. I, I do too. Chug of wine. <sighs> Little meditative so moment. So we'll go over some other royal news after, but we wanted to talk about the docuseries, which is why we are pushing our episode to be released a little bit later so that we could binge watch all three episodes. I only watched two, Roberta. And I'm that's so okay. sorry. That's okay. Time was against me. <laughs> that's all right. Before we get into it, I wanted to talk about a few things. I feel like we didn't get to talk about the Ripple of Hope ceremony yet, but there were hecklers that were kind of asking if Harry had traded in um, his family for money. Uh, we had, you know, but then we had these gorgeous pics of them and her in white. And I feel like there was a lot of projection of what that could mean in regards to the docuseries. We also had Archwell website release pictures of Prince Harry at Pearl Harbor, you know, military work that he did in November. We heard sources say that Prince William had reached out to Netflix and used his contacts to kind of see what he could do to stem this. There was a war room. This is all just these tabloid stories. I'm just kind of reading, glossing over some What headlines. was the Prince William thing? The Prince William thing was that he had used contacts through Earthshot connected to Netflix to try and reach out to Netflix and see if there was any way to kind of, I don't know, get ahead of this. Okay. There was a war room being set up for King Charles at Buckingham Palace to watch it when it came out. It came out 8 a.m. UK time. Um, also a lot about the fake clips being used in the trailers. So there were clips from a Harry Potter premiere. There were clips from a court case in the UK, Katie Price court case, that were being used to illustrate the paparazzi. Um, and so Netflix this morning released statements from Meghan and Harry and Liz Garbus. And I wanted to kind of quickly, very, very short, just a quote 
Megan and Harry said, we're grateful to have the ability to share our love story through such an esteemed creative team with the global reach of Netflix. We hope it helps others to heal and feel inspired. Liz Garba said, it's been a privilege to work with them. They bravely allowed themselves to be vulnerable by sharing their personal stories and archive. I hope when Netflix viewers press play, whatever preconceptions they have, they'll be open to the discovery of what we've shared in this series. It's an incredible love story set against the context of huge stakes, and their journey is a historical event that will be examined for a long time to come. Come. Rachel and I are here to examine it. Whew, let's do it. I know. How did you watch, Roberta? So I watched on Amtrak. I think everyone around me was like, what a freak. But I <laughs> not at all. <laughs> the guy next to me was de- I tried to like turn my computer screen away from him because I didn't want him to like be like, what's going on? But I was laughing. I was crying. I was like chuckling to myself. I did look completely insane. What about you? No, I was on the F train in New York City. I downloaded the episode so I could start and then finish in the office. I actually had the opposite reaction where there was a woman as we're very sandwiched together on the subway. Uh, kind of, I had a seat and she was hovering over me and I kind of felt like we exchanged a glance. She was like, oh, I get it. I know what you're doing. Like, she was like, yeah, I, she was like I support this. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everyone else is in this. I've seen, I just, I tried to not go on social media, but when I did, it was like a flood of pictures. Yeah, I've stayed fully off. I have no, so, I have not checked the news I, since I woke up, which I is would also recommend free. to listeners who haven't watched yet to really try to watch it without the external forces. Yeah, form your own opinion first. Totally. I think how we're going to structure this discussion though is We'll do a overview, a you know, gut reaction to what we've seen, then the logistics of the docuseries, who's in it, how they film it, et cetera, and then get into the details and reveals of everything. So let's kick it off with just your overall reaction, Rachel. Okay. I think first and no foremost, pressure. I would like to give credit to the person that told them to start filming because they didn't know what would become of that. But seeing those video blogs from such early the days. The video diaries. I know. I was like, do I need to do that for myself? <laughs> I feel like I should keep a video diary. <laughs> we walk around walking down the street of New York City. Yeah. I don't know how this will be used later. It's like those one second it. a day apps that you. I tried to do that one time and never worked. I, I didn't keep up with it. It's but all yes. footage. So smart. And I also did feel, you know, I think you talk about it being their love story. And, and we know from Megan's interviews how much she loves rom-coms. It felt, at least the first episode, had a ton of rom-com elements for me. The music, uh, You're All I Need to Get By is one of my favorite songs, which ended that episode. There was just this magic to hearing the two of them speak of their romance. Yeah. Actually, speaking of rom-coms, this is the perfect moment to play a clip from their enga- where they talk about their engagements. So let's actually play that. I did pop a bottle of champagne while she was roasting a chicken and that kind of slightly gave the game away. She goes, you never drink champagne. What's the occasion? I was like, oh no, just had it lying around you, whatever. It was a magnum. <laughs> Wasn't that I knew she'd say yes, but she'd already moved Guy over. So I had Guy as a hostage. My dog, yeah. Um, and he was in stilts, so he couldn't run away. In the little walled garden, being overlooked by the staff flats, I got 15 of those electric candles. Oh my God, Jess, 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 it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. Oh my God, he told me not to peek. Oh my God. What, what, what position were you in? Uh, downward dog. <laughs> that was good. That was really clever. You see, he's stunning. Of course I got down one knee. Of course I did. I was down on one knee and I was just like, yes, we were so joyful and excited. It's like, ugh, we're doing this. I 
It is so romantic. You're totally right. It's a rom-com. It's like so raw too. I think that's where Finding Freedom was able to paint a little bit of a picture, but to hear it from them themselves. Yeah, but when like the music pipes in too, that's where I get those Nancy, that Nancy Myers energy. photos. I know their personal archive. I think my overall reaction, I want to see the other three because I don't know if I can really say for sure until I see the final ones. But to me, it's a sadness, I think, about the charisma and the chemistry that is no longer a part of and uplifting the royal family. I think for me, that's you just feel that so much come across the screen. Like you said, it is a rom-com in a way. And so the context of their love story is what's so important. And there wasn't too much new, but to see this um all the the level of details we got. I think for me, the personal archive is what stands out the most. But yeah, I do agree, too, because it's like that Halloween party with Eugenie and Jack that it's like that's one segment. And I think it's just by episode two that it takes such a turn. And we, of course, as royal watchers know the narrative that plays out. So it is a really dark feeling as you watch it, as you're hearing their love story. And I think, you know, even just seeing Harry talk about his mom, like that part felt so gut-wrenching to me. And knowing that he... I felt even right out of the gate that, you know, he ultimately had no choice. Like this was the choice he had to make because of what he went through and how he didn't have an ability to process it back then. Right. One of the commentators in the show actually says Gilded Cage and it echoes what they said in their Oprah interview. Let's get into the logistics of it. I want to hear, you know, what you thought. I mean, I think the sources off were Hirsch, her agent. This Nikki, who's a childhood friend of Harry's, all of these people, these authors of books that I don't even know if we've even heard Abigail of Abigail Spencer, Scotty from Suits. Yes. I was so excited oh, to see really her. excited? <laughs> Any Suits reference, I am so here for. And I actually just kept thinking, how cathartic for all of these people in her life to get to use their voices as well, yeah. because they've probably just felt so torn up inside, not being able to say anything. Well, gosh, I mean, the biggest mic drop moment, Doria. Who Gloria, is an incredible yeah. source, like just and so like I feel like saying things my own mother would say if this were me, you know, just like a mother's love and wanting to protect her and never having spoke before, really, mm-hmm. and getting this chance to finally say it. And I I just could not love Doria more. I feel <laughs> like oh, she's amazing. And I think James Holt, too, there. Yeah. He is an incredible source. And the, really understands both sides of the pond. Yeah, the executive that. director of Archwell. So that was really incredible. I do want to call out the disclaimer because in the beginning of the Netflix series, we get the disclaimer that the royal family were contacted for comment and declined. And so this has been going back and forth this morning, bubbling up. So Buckingham Palace and Kensington Palace first say they were never contacted, that that's false. They weren't asked to comment about this. Now, I guess through Omid Scobie on Twitter, he says that Kensington Palace updated their response and said they were approached by a production company that they didn't recognize the name of, a third party. It wasn't Netflix. It wasn't Archwell. They then, this is Kensington Palace saying this, they then reached out to Archwell and Netflix to see if this was in somehow related to the docuseries. They never got a response about that confirmation. So they didn't respond. This gives me that like, damn, that's what that letter was about that I threw away. This has recently happened to me where I threw away our car registration update because I was like, (laughs) city of like Philadelphia, no, and just like chucked it. And it's just like those things that you're like, oh, like they're hitting themselves over the head. Like, God But also like, I do feel like, 
shouldn't Netflix have a very formal, it's almost like they need a, de- a royal decree right. that their request for comment is here and they need that to get a very firm yes or no. Were they trying to disguise that so that it really flew under the radar and then they could eventually say no one responded to our request. Would the royal family have responded? That's the other question. I have no idea. Right. But just to know that it didn't actually get to them is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, the photos. I mean, this archive, <sighs> we, we mentioned this, but it's just incredible to see the kids so much. And I think that the main criticism of a lot of this is people saying, well, don't they want privacy? I thought they always want privacy. They're showing their whole lives. But I think what Megan's always said is, you know, it's more about consent and it's more about I show you a picture on my phone. That doesn't mean you get to go through my entire camera roll. Yes. And so that feels like they're consenting to have these photos given to Netflix of their kids. And it's not it's not a ton of straight on facial shots of their kids. And even if it was, that's fine. I know you wanted to say that some of those video and footage of the kids are just so Well, adorable. yeah. I mean, I think that you're totally right. It's about consent and they have the control on what is released, what isn't released. It isn't this lineup of kind of, to be honest, gross men just angling to get a paycheck over photos of the children. I think that that's a very different setup. And so in this way, it's their decision to release it. But oh my gosh, Roberta, the footage of the kids, but also Harry and Megan as parents was one of my highs. I'm taking us right into the highs of and lows of our reactions. But yeah, good, good. I just, I loved the moment when Megan is out picking roses and she says that the kids are both asleep. And I just, I, for me, I totally related to that moment mm-hmm. of just that peace that you feel, but the hummingbird footage. I was going to say the hummingbird footage. And Harry's apparently a avid bird watcher. And then Archie kind of ruins the moment being like, mama, my foot is dirty because of you. <laughs> I, I really thought so a little great. Finn's voice coming yeah. through. Like it just so like. genuine and authentic in terms of what parenting is. And I think that that intimacy that they're providing through this, I'm sort of, it takes my breath away. It does. The nursery. I mean, we saw there's this gorgeous wallpaper, but on in the, one of the kids' nurseries is this photo of Diana and Megan's holding up the child to the photo and saying, you know, that's your grandma. That part ruined me on the subway. I just Were you crying? Yeah, because I think it just really it my eyes started burning. I don't know that I had full on tears, but I was just like, you know, just shows the gravity. We we all hold Diana so close, like she's a member of our family. But to see that photo, it's like, oh, this is it really drives home the fact that no, that's their grandma, that's Harry's mom, that's Megan's would have been mother-in-law. And that loss just felt so significant in that moment. So significant. And Harry says, Megan is so much like my mom, which he really does draw that line for us. Other highs before we get into our lows. Of the, the I'm going to give you just the details. full spectrum because, and I'm jumping all over the place. Please, please we're going to overlap. Me, on but the wine glass cut out of plastic. I'm I, like I said, in all Africa, over. Botswana, in Botswana. But that as a, as a life hack that I really want to do. There's a shot in episode two. I can't even remember, but where they are on their trip for when they went on this intensive part. Third date. Third date. Went for a week. You know, no mirrors. Megan describes it. It was really like, if this works, we'll know from this trip, which kind of also speaks to the expediency and how fast the romance went. But I think they had this intensive third date where they are in a tent. All like niceties of life are gone. But then you also have this just shot. It made me laugh so hard with the wine glass that they use out of a plastic bottle. Um, I think in general, you know, some of my highs were just the explanation that there wasn't necessarily a logical way for this to work, but their description that they invented a way for it to work and seeing really the logistics because the fact that 
Meghan was in Toronto and Harry was in the UK and they just had that rule that they couldn't go two weeks without seeing each other and they made it all come together for each other. What about you, Roberta? I think the details, it's all the details. Yeah. The, the engagement party where they wore animal onesies and Harry and Meghan wore penguin suits. Um, the Anne Hathaway reference to Princess Diaries. Anne Hathaway is somewhere, she's kind of this person that you either like her or you really hate her. And I feel like Megan is a lot of that in some ways where people have really strong opinions about her. And I thought that was kind of an interesting parallel, but it is in reference to her learning how to be a princess. She talks about that. She talks, I mean, their first date story is adorable. What how was he the was, name of that restaurant? It Was it Soho House? They said something else. And I he calls it, it 76 Dean Street. And is that Soho that, House? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Dean okay. Street Townhouse. I kept trying yeah. to play that back on the subway, I but the too. announcer was, like, was so loud. 16. What is that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Oh, well, oh, another high. I This, like, is a huge reveal that Ashley, who is Meghan's niece, Samantha Markle's daughter, they're very, very close. So, yeah, Samantha Markle's daughter's name is Ashley, and her and Meghan have a very close relationship, which kind of furthers this theory that Samantha Markle, unfortunately, has just done everything in her power to tear down Meghan and everything that she does. Um, and it's very sad at the end because Ashley can't be invited to the wedding because there's it's you have to watch but i've i had no idea about this whole dynamic and that it's her niece and they went to new orleans together that was really interesting to me okay the lows so the lows for me are significant there is a lot of commentary about kate and williams subtly not so subtly i think that that is interesting to hear about you know when harry says at the beginning for so many people in my family it's tempting to pick someone that fits the mold and make decisions with the head versus the heart, it feels like a dig, right? Yeah, let's play the clip of them talking about meeting William and Kate for the first time. (laughs) It's so funny if I look back at it now because now I know so much and I'm so glad I didn't then because I could just authentically be myself without so much preparedness. Even when Will and Kate came over, and I had met her for the first time. They came over for dinner. I remember I was in ripped jeans and I was barefoot. It's like I was a hugger. I've always been a hugger. I didn't realize that that is really a jarring for a lot of Brits. I guess I'd started to understand very quickly that the formality on the outside carried through on the inside. That there is a forward-facing way of being. And then you close the door and you go, oh, great. Okay, we can relax now. But that formality carries over on both sides. And that was surprising to me. To say the formality carries through on both sides, that's not a blatant insult, but it is sort of a dig or is it not? I mean, maybe it does feel like there was no warmness there. Yeah. And I can see Megan's side in that where you're like, and it, you know, she brings up the curtsying part of it where I, I could understand and relate a little bit more to her explanation that she really didn't know what she was getting into. I think it's more the true shock. And I'm not sure that I would believe it as well, that the formality you see on the outside is also what is expected on the inside. Harry has to go in and curtsy to his grandmother. And yes, that may sound really naive. Like I am an American. I'm not in that day-to-day culture of the monarchy. Mm -hmm. But I think I could see her perspective that that was really surprising. And maybe she expected Kate and William to come over and be more laid back. But I, it's, again, just sometimes hard when these revelations are made and 
well, gosh, the other and side can't Kate, share their point and, of view. Yeah, and to Kate and William's defense, I would think, you know, they aren't engaged yet when they have them over for dinner. This could be just another girlfriend. They are so careful with who they trust, not saying, you know, they should have so many if they did have a lot of guards up that they should. But in their defense, this is, you know, maybe potentially another leak about their personal lives. And so they're just going to kind of get to know her first. And in one first, you know, the first meeting, you can't really judge someone off based on just that initial meeting. I know that, you know, me meeting my future sister-in-law for the first time probably wasn't the warmest I ever could have been. And so I think that that's where you have to kind of... You're sizing someone up a little bit. Yeah, give them a little... But it is interesting. They included that clip from the Fab Four when that term was coined of the royal foundation of all four of them on stage and of them joking about conflicts behind the scenes that weren't resolved. And I felt like that was really interesting because... Netflix is using that to kind of illustrate that that is how it really was. There was so many conflicts. It wasn't just a joke. They were all laughing on stage, but there were a lot of things going on that that weren't resolved. And so that was my low, too. And then they do go over the Blackamoor brooch that Princess Michael of Kent wore. I think think, that might be episode three. But yes. Yeah. And so to to have this Lady Susan Hussey kind of knowledge now and know that that brooch was worn and to see how People were probably acting toward Megan behind the scenes and Harry um, was really hard. Yeah. Another low for me, I was going to say, is just seeing the early days of their relationship where once it came out, you know, Megan was alone so much of that in Toronto and Harry's in the UK. And I did feel a little bit of more blame for Harry in that, you know, he's not and the royal family again. Like, I know that that's the bigger source of the issue, but Megan was so alone in that paparazzi overwhelm, you know, that neighbors were giving access with their backyard backyard cameras. Like, I just felt like it just, it is really kind of intense for me. And to see, you know, Harry couldn't really do that much, but is that on him more than, you know, we sometimes talk about? Yeah. It feels like this all really falls at the doorstep of the Daily Mail and to think like, or the the tactics that are used by associated newspapers. Yeah, totally. All right. So We've gone through everything on my checklist. I don't know Let about see you. if there's anything. Oh, I think one other thing that was – actually, two more things really quickly. It was when they were in the cab trying to evade paparazzi in New York, just seeing their level of anxiousness and nerves, and then Harry kind of explaining how you can have people that you trust, but it's not about who you trust. It's about who they trust. I think that that's also very interesting just kind of thinking about that idea mm-hmm. because I can confide in one person, but then who do they confide in? Yeah. You know, it's just seeing their agitation and Megan being like, we'll be with friends in 20 minutes and knowing they have to go those back roads routes just to avoid all that. Yeah. And how much more subtle it is than when it was the 80s and it was just a bunch of cameras. We just have a lot more techniques nowadays. And so, you know, in the context of their security battle. And then also just when Megan talks about how, you know, even at their engagement photo call, she kept believing and that together they kept believing it will get better. And I think that I have that approach to things. You have that approach to things. Mm-hmm. We're people that believe we can win people over. And mm-hmm. I can understand that idea. Like once they get to know me, they'll love me. Mm-hmm. And to know that that was just never an option with the UK tabloids mm-hmm. and just what was at stake financially mm-hmm. for those tabloids, you know, she I had think, a price on her head. And that reminds me, too, of me thinking throughout this, you know, that kind of was a jab at Kate and William that they were just as formal on the inside as the outside. But I do think that what they really did was with the paparazzi shots, too, and women marrying into the royal family in general is they showed a lot of Kate being hounded by the media, yeah. too. And you think back to the early 2000s, there 
actually using Kate as an example of look how bad this is. And I think, you know, it's not her fault. It's 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 um, it's so intrusive to every woman that marries in. And I think for them to say that she's been through a lot as well is very empathetic, you know, to to yeah. use that example. Um, well, in that invisible contract that often falls on the women to give those sort of personal details in the family so that, you know, it kind of allows the monarchy to continue existing because yeah. you get that insight. One last high, Serena. I forgot to mention in the third episode. Oh, my gosh. I know. I am I know. so mad at myself for not getting to the third you episode. Roberta can attest. I was like, racing, okay. racing. To put a bow on this, to tie this all up. So the fallout so far, just from a quick search before we started recording, is there is a sense of relief, sources say, from Buckingham Palace that there wasn't more revealed. There weren't more shots taken at the palace. I do think that when people watch it, they won't feel that as salacious as the trailers were, this is pretty mild. I think it's a lot about their love story. I would love everyone to form their own opinions of it before reading anything. Will we see Prince Harry on Jimmy Fallon next week? That's the rumors going on. The emoji reveal. The emoji reveal on Twitter from Jimmy Fallon. The Tonight Show is uh, a crown and a little shirt and tie. So it said their talk show debut this person next Thursday, which is when the second batch of episodes air. He could be doing press for Spare as well. So Can I, on that note related to Spare, can I ask you one question? Do you feel so far that this cannibalizes the memoir at all? Because that's something I just really was not expecting the amount of detail in this. So how do you follow that up with the memoir in January? I think the things that Prince Harry touched on are a lot of what I would love to know more about. Like it was so nice to see the, you know, his memories of Diana and the founding with Prince Soso of Lesotho, um, of Centibale. I feel like those were things that I, I couldn't, I could read for hours about his take on these things. So I don't think it cannibalizes it. Um, and we'll only get his perspective. And I think that that'll be interesting as it's well to not hear Megan's, you know, takes too. And yeah, she, yeah so it's I also just the power of the first person narrative. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned finding freedom earlier. Like we heard tidbits of this, the chicken dinner, the engagement. Yeah. This will wipe all of that. This is the definitive account. Yeah. <gasps> Roberta. There's a lot we still don't know. And we have three more hours of it coming out next week. So oh my goodness. And four stay for me. Tuned. I have one more. And maybe Harry on, a, on Jimmy Fallon. We'll have to see. Okay, Diplomatic Reception and Ripple of Hope Award. This week has been on fire, Roberta. <laughs> I'm saying it again. Remember Earthshot? <laughs> I know. Like that's decades ago now. Um, okay, I kind of fell in feed for myself with my Instagram just con- consumption of all of this that it felt like the Diplomatic Reception versus the Ripple of Hope because they were playing out at the same time. Did you feel that too? Yes. I talked about like the briefing wars going on that yes. are kind of still happening because you have the Royal Court of California and you have Kensington Palace. And there's there's not any synchronization anymore. And if that's intentional or not intentional, we don't know. But it kind of feels slightly intentional sometimes. Of course, the Ripple of Hope date was on the calendar, as was the Diplomatic Reception, which 
I don't know how I lost sight of that. I didn't know we were getting another Tierra moment so soon after. But I'm going to start with the diplomatic reception at Buckingham Palace. This was the first in three years, not to only focus on the clothes, but oh my goodness, Kate's outfit, this lotus flower Tierra, the Jenny Packham gown, which I believe was actually from the 2019 collection. So it must have been something she bought, intended to wear. We were all at home and then she busted it back out. Yeah. Yeah, Relatable. The talk of the town was also Kate's hair. Roberta, what did you think? (laughs) I I was laughing at some of the comments that were like a little one inch higher and she would be Alabama prom queen. But I I did. I or pageant queen. I I loved it. I think for her to do a straight hair look with the tiara was it's not something she's ever done with the lotus flower tiara. She's always worn her hair up. I kept flashing back to our episode with Lainey last I know, year. I was going to say that. That she was like, she really, Kate really needs to work on her hairstyles. This, Did I you feel see like, Lainey had a column where she was like, well done, Kate. Yes. I really am proud of you for the hair boldness you've had this year, basically. And I, I agree. Do you have a favorite? Because we saw the Lovers Not Tiara, the Lotus. Would you? I Lotus. Mean, Lotus. Hands down. Beautiful. Color will always win for me. And then I, I liked that it felt very holiday with like a poinsettia motif almost. Did you like the dress? I loved the dress. There was a lot of back and forth on that too. I felt like actually the white and the lover's knot felt a little matronly to me. This felt very modern and chic and elegant. And and people had opposite takes where they felt like she looked matronly in in the red and that that was an older style. I am so about the sleeves. So I will always opt for sleeves. Do you think Kate and William are exhausted? Do you like my hard hitting questions? (laughs) That's that's exactly what I thought when I saw these pictures. I was like, oh, no, they haven't even recovered from Earthshot and they have to do a, a state banquet, basically, the level of this reception is so Yeah, and Charles is going kind of flashy, too. More flashy than I expected for this pared-down, you know, monarchy. We're seeing a lot of, a lot more tears, considering how few we've seen over Kate's whole trajectory within the royal family. Okay, Ripple of Hope Award. You know, the Sussexes received this Robert F. Kennedy Ripple of Hope Award on December 6th. I don't even know. Was that Tuesday? This was all Tuesday. That was Tuesday. Gosh. Doesn't that feel like ages ago now? I know. It we really got up. At, I got up at six to start watching. Did you? You got up. Early. So I have to get Finn to school. So that's the problem. It's like I How have early. Do you usually get up? I'm usually up. He was actually he climbed in our bed at four a.m. this morning. So oh, my husband got up. Rachel. I kept sleeping, but then we were up at six, and then I'm kind of the one that lays down the law about getting dressed. So that's my role in the morning. I'm like, the time is up. You need to get your clothes on, and we need to go. But, so I started door. at eight ten. Props to the people who got up at three. I think there are probably oh, people I think who, so many people yeah. did. Um, I was going to say though, Ripple of Hope again, not making this all about the fashion, but that Louis Vuitton dress was so stunning. It was the story of the night. Megan in the rain. I don't want to shade Harry about this, but I was very distressed seeing how hard it was pouring in Brooklyn, knowing it's the same in Manhattan. And he wasn't really umbrella. holding the umbrella over her head, but she did not bat an eye about such that. such a, a relatable frustration for me <laughs> and the rain we've had. But recently. I liked that Elizabeth Holmes kind of, I think she had the idea on this. You know, there were a lot of similarities with the off-the-shoulder design to the revenge dress, but Elizabeth called it the Thrive Dress. Mm-hmm. And just knowing the juxtaposition of the docuseries coming out, was it that? I well, mean, and the wedding dress, I think, to tie back to one of the happiest moments of their lives with so much optimism. And to see these giant, I think what struck me was Meghan and Harry's giant smiles on the Ripple of Hope red carpet because I think they feel almost like they're excited to just share this part of their lives that they haven't been able to. I think when we saw the Variety quote where Megan said, 
it's not how I would tell our story. We were all a little bit like, oh, no, like white knuckle. Like, is this going to be really bad? And I think that they're actually really excited to I hope they are, because I think it's it's not an attack. It's yeah, really not. They seem in a good place. And I think it was Vogue talked about, and we know this, but that white symbolically means is a reflection of peace. peace. Yeah. So that's actually a nice thought or innocence. as well. innocence, yeah. Um, I did also just want to say, again, Megan's glam, Daniel Martin, credit for all of that. She is so striking. And I really hope Daniel knows that he has an open invitation to come on our show. We won't ask him anything about the Royals because we know he's protective. We just want to know his skincare t- secrets. And him in the docuseries and doing her makeup was a really wonderful moment. Talk about white and fashion for Megan, though. There is a moment in the docuseries that made me go, hmm, because she goes, I didn't want to wear bright colors when I was in the royal family because I didn't want to upstage the queen or senior royals. So I wore a lot of neutrals, beiges, whites. This is such a tangent. I'm sorry. No, take us. But I was like, wait, but you wore like that bright yellow dress. You wore red and purple that one time. You wore a lot of green, blue. Like I was kind of confused by that. And maybe that's just engagements where there were no other royals around. But that made me be like, sometimes when you think, what are they telling us and what do I know from my experience yes. of watching them? There's just continually that responsibility on the watcher to be discerning. And I think that's why, you know, watch it alone, have your own opinions, then read and try to form those. But yeah, yeah and take all of it. Even but that's reminding me person. of white, her wearing white. Yes. Nicola, Nicola Gasquier for Louis Vuitton. Amazing. Okay, cherry on top. One last mention. Archibald got the People's Choice Award while I was driving to Earthshot because I am, you know, just constantly trying to keep up with all of this content. It's been Royal or Windsor Whiplash, I'm calling it. I was able to hear that concluding episode with Trevor Noah and Andy Cohen and Judd Apatow. I love Trevor Noah. I think he had just so many brilliant things. I thought Andy Cohen also responded really well. So now watching the docuseries and knowing the Andy Cohen Real Housewives conversation... Does it feel Real Housewives-y to you anything about oh. the docuseries? I feel like I have more dominant Nancy Myers vibes to the stuff. Okay. Yes. But um, I think it was done so artistically that it didn't feel Real Housewives to me. Did it for you? I agree. I'm trying to think of any moment that felt like like more drama. It feels very highbrow. I guess when they're like getting in the car and being chased by paparazzi and you're like, that could have been like something that's like... You know, she like puts on her big black sunglasses and you're like, you're very celebrity right now. Well, and it is fascinating that that camera was rolling. Like, that's what I think I still just have questions about is were they they really just filming themselves all the time since they since like 2021, it seems like March 2020, right? Well, seeing them walk out of World Trade and that's like their own personal cameraman. I feel feel like we got when Romney came on, we got snippets of that. They were being followed around by their own cameraman. Misa Harriman is in the docuseries. I feel like there's so many people. We need to go to the coronation countdown. Okay, this is just a fun little segment we're throwing in here. Guys are really uh, throwing a lot at you this week. But the coronation countdown, St. Edward's crown has officially been removed from the Tower of London to be resized. There are no stolen jewels in this crown. Um, But that is, of course, what Queen Elizabeth wore for her coronation way back when. 149 days. I just looked it up. Ah! till May 6th. 149. (laughs) That's going to go by so fast. Highs and lows. Are we ready? We're ready. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, our highs and lows of all the Royal News of the Week. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. 
My low is we didn't get to touch on this because of Earthshot, because of our trip to Boston, but Lady Susan Hussey is still a low for me. Keep thinking back to that. I think I appreciate, and we both do the swift response from the palace about it. She, she is completely out of the picture. But I think what really bothers me still is that it feels like maybe there hasn't been any learning behind the scenes because what we heard is that the palace reached out to her and that, you know, they're working behind the scenes with the founder of Sista Space, but that she revealed that there was no outreach made. And that's what's really hard. And so I I hope that they make this right. And the racist comments, I mean, that just, it was evident in the docuseries that there are people behind the scenes that have no fear of acting like this toward people even within the royal family. So, yeah, my low this week, Roberta, was also kind of, I mean, you could say it's a footnote with how much was going on, but it's not, where Sophie got flack for her. She attended the Royal Variety performance and Frank Skinner, who was a performer on stage, was sick, but kind of had that show must go on mentality and still was on stage. And in the exchange afterward with Sophie and Edward, specifically Sophie, it's supposed to be pleasantries. But Sophie was very much like, don't give up your day job and kind of had these asides. And I'm like, are Sophie and Edward really in need of some PR assistance? Like, how do they not know that that's an inappropriate comment and that it is supposed to be pleasantries? Yeah, I don't know. I think unless that that you're was like, unless you're like, it's all in good jest and good fun. And yeah, you're like, like don't give up your day job. Like, I feel like they want to make the people laugh because it's so like it's so awkward at first. You want to relax people, but, but it caught. It, I think what was interesting was Frank. This wasn't his first time chatting yeah. with royals, so he knew how it was supposed to go, right? And it didn't go that way. So I think that. That was interesting. And then Sophie was in the U.S. That well, was fascinating. For, for him, the performer, to get the feeling that they were being rude, they were obviously being rude, right? Yeah. Like, that's, he's not going to say that unless it's so. And then Sophie was in the U.S., too. Did you see that? She With was at Hillary Georgetown yeah. uh, for her to get an award, which was interesting. All right. My high is just the personal archive of photos we get to see in the docuseries. I think I, I feel like there is so much information we just barely scratched the surface of all that's being revealed in our coworkers I'm just laughing at where they were around us while we were watching this and we were like hi we haven't seen you in weeks months whatever but we have to just head down watch this I just want to watch it over again and maybe a a third time because there's there's so much and we've been screenshotting and trying to favorite all of our moments Yes, my high is Christmas concert out of left field coming up on December 15th that Kate, you know, this is her second annual. I hope that she's doing this when she's old and gray, but we got the news that Charles and Camilla are going to be in attendance. That's kind of a big deal and very fun for Kate, I think. And does it add to the pressure? I have questions, but I think most of all, I'm just curious if we'll have a piano moment. I keep thinking about what to expect. And we know that Hugh Bonville is going to be there doing a reading. I thought of you immediately, Down Roberta. Navi, love it. Um, but yeah, how does she top last Lord year? Grantham. I know. Having I know. Charles and Camilla there. Well, and helps. I mean, I think what we've seen with both camps, California and London, is that there is this kind of competition. Will there be a sparkly gown to kind of wow us? It's the day that the last oh three gosh. episodes drop. Yeah. So it'll just And the be concert really is, I'm just trying to think of the time difference because the concert will be taped that night, but I don't know how early in the day if like it'd be, it might be like, like at the latest, it would be like 3 p.m. our time because it'd be 8 p.m. there. But the docuseries part two will already be out. Will already be out and it will air the concert in the UK on Christmas Eve. Fascinating. So, so it'll we'll be Battle of the Headlines that Friday morning. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of just am sickened thinking we're going back to this. But can we just anyways. all like celebrate the holidays in peace? It's an intense <laughs> Christmas for the royals. 
All right. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. We would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, let us know what you think of the docuseries, what your thoughts on the rest of the royal news this week are. Email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Thank you for your patience while we get this episode out a little bit late. It's worth it, guys. It was so worth it. And till next week, Rachel. God save the pod. How fun to say that in the same room. I know. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.